This is Hope and Health with Doctors Michelle and Mark Sherwood. Insights and interviews with a dose of straight talk to help you enjoy optimal health in all areas of life. Welcome to another edition of Hope and Health. So we are pumped up about tonight. We're going to talk about one of our favorite subjects in the first little bit here, but it's really kind of important to know. Hey, you look really beautiful tonight in your little yes, hat and your so pigtails. Sweet. Hey, you look you look really handsome. Yeah. We we kind of matchy matchy, you know, black. <laughs> and not planned, but it just no, kinda happens that way. It's kinda worked out. It's kinda good. So what we want to understand is why are we do these shows in the first place? Why do we have those? It's one of the greatest uh, attack points or points of stickiness that we have in our bodies is this concept of health or illness or the fear of illness or the fear of death. And that's what Satan attacks for the most part. It's well documented that a sick body cannot really uh, make good decisions. In other words, they don't think well. And typically a sick body will have negative decision making. So when you look at this whole idea and put it together, we're putting a lot of effort into these shows so that we can have better health, better thinking, better life. And the longer you're alive, the more we have the ability to tell more people about Jesus. That's the point. So think about this as well. Even chronic fear of death. So you're focused on fear, 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 death, death, death. You don't think well. You don't make good decisions. And a lot of people today in our world are not making good decisions because they're focused on death and fear. Mm. With that said, we're going to jump right into what we want to talk about tonight. But we like to start with those seven parts of wellness. What are those things? Well, at the top of the list, we know that nutrition is the most important medical decision that you make every single day. Some make it um, not just three times a day, but three times a day and two snacks, and that's Mm -hmm. 365 days of the year. So that's a lot of medical decisions that we make based around food. What's at the Hmm. end of your fork? Where's the greatest medical decision made? At the end of your fork. There you go. From the words from the wise mm-hmm. one right there. You should be tweeting hey, who that. Who was it that said, let Instagram food be whatever. thy medicine and medicine be thy food? Well, that was the infamous Hippocrates who would probably be rolling over in his grave right now because <laughs> yeah. he also be so said, excited. first do no harm. And actually, right, we're doing now is we're doing harm by not giving medicine first. So another story for another day. But as we go right now, just kind of keep in mind that uh, we are all about food. It's first, and that's a big deal. Number two, right behind that is sleep. We need to get some rest. We don't sleep enough. Typically, the average American gets between four and five hours of sleep a night, and they call that good. Some would Mm. say that sleep is a waste of time. Not so, not true. That would be a negative. It is a negative in your life. The body needs to rest and recover. Seven to eight, maybe a little more hours per night is optimal functioning. We've talked about that in previous shows. Go back and look at those and listen to those because we've good data out there. We'll return to this at some point in time. We're actually trying to get a sleep formulation developed now that we'll have available for you very, very soon. So we're working on that. Hopefully here in the next few weeks, we'll have that ready to go. So we'll keep you informed. So the sleep was number two. What's number three? Number three is stress management. Mm. You know, the, one of the most common reasons that people come into the primary care doctor's office is they're stressed out. Yep. Not having the ability to manage stress, which drives them to unhealthy behaviors such as drinking, drugging, and uh, last but definitely not least is emotional eating, mm. comfort eating, stress eating. 
Yeah, and the next one we talk about is movement. Um, people are too sedentary these days, and they make excuses like I've got to work all the time. You can you can take a phone call standing up. Did you know that you can send an email standing up, and you can actually send a text message while standing up. You can do a text message while walking around. Did you know that? You can talk on the phone while walking around. Find time and places to move. The only day you don't exercise is a day you're not alive. That's pretty much the way it is. Find time to move. Movement correlates back to less stress. So we need to move more, set less, and we've given you uh, numbers we want to shoot at, which would be 150 minutes a week or more of dedicated physical activity per week. And that's every single week. Actually, we want more than that. That's minimum. What's next? DNA. You know, genes have changed 2% in 10,000 years. Mm. So the genes are the blueprint, and the labs or your body composition are your outcome. They're the scorecard. So that's what's really happening with what we put on top of the genes. It creates this genetic expression called (laughs) human life, either positive or negative human life. The next we always talk about is going to be hormones. So we're going to talk about that tonight. We're going to give you a little bit of a teaser to that. And then we're going to spend the next several weeks talking about a variety of hormones, probably as many as eight or nine in a row. So we'll pick off one or two each week as we go, as we have time. And we'll make sure we understand them because you need to understand the hormone cascade. We'll talk tonight about what they are, what they do, and just kind of give you a general educational overview and then kind of set up what we're going to talk about uh, even next week as well. Number seven. Ding, 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 ding. Drum roll is peptides. Peptides Mm. are uh, amino acids that are starting to get together in chains uh, less than the number 50. And they are a a little magic recipe for healing, connective tissue repair, brain function, sleep, uh, possibly potentially even weight loss or getting rid of excess body fat. They're kind of like the icing on the cake in the seven pillars of wellness before those overarching keys. Overarching keys, of course, are spiritual and emotional wellness. The majority of people's manifestations Mm. of physical disease symptoms are rooted in spiritual and emotional brokenness. So just keep that in mind. That's a big deal. So we're going to start tonight with a brief hormone overview. And the first thing to understand is, is that cholesterol actually makes them. So if cholesterol is coming up, that might be a good idea that your body is trying to make hormones. And just please understand that cholesterol being the backbone of hormones needs to be looked at as necessity. It's not something just lower because it's high. That's not a a good philosophy. Uh, It does have a correlation if it becomes damaged to heart disease process. But notice I said if it becomes damaged. We'll we'll spend some time talking about that one of these days. But the bottom line is cholesterol is needed to make hormones. And hormone manufacturing is really made in the mitochondria. That's where it starts. And so as we talk about nutrients later in the show tonight, you'll see why having good nutrient availability is necessary to make good mitochondrial function. And without mitochondria being functional, you can't make hormones. So let's do a little bit of a brief hormone review. First thing we want to understand is, as you can see right now on your computer or television screen, hormones are chemical messengers created in the endocrine glands. Now, endocrine, think about this as sort of this um, email system. Endocrine system or endocrinology is an email system of communication. So therefore, hormones would be 
emails. Endocrine glands would be things like the adrenal glands and the thyroid gland. So there's the glands, pituitary gland. They all make signals and the body communicates. Can you imagine what your body would do without emails? The same thing we would do without emails. Kind of freak out a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. So they're basically chemical messengers. Now, what you see right now on the screen is a little more complicated. So kind of talk us through a little bit of the sort of the, the structure of the way they communicate. Well, you see there the brain. The brain perceives stress at the level of the hypothalamus, and then it releases these hormones, corticotropin-releasing hormone and gonadotropin-releasing hormones, and it sends these signals to other endocrine glands, like the thyroid, the adrenals, and the male and female sex hormones. And each one of these glands has certain metabolic effects. So as these emails are coming through to each gland in your body, you want to make sure that the communication pathways or the receptors at a cellular level are healthy and able to receive the message. Now, when it comes to stress, of course, boy, the body can get stressed out if we perceive that response to be dangerous. I like these uh, faces of emotion, I call them here. Little, um, you're going from <laughs> left to dwarfs. right. We see sad. Happy. We see very sad. We see in distress. We see confused. We <laughs> see irritated. We see flatlined. And we see flat out. Mm. I don't know what's going on. These seven faces might be faces we make when we go through things like menopause, when we go through things like andropause. And we'll talk about what those are in the coming weeks. But the bottom line is when your hormones get wacky, so yeah. do your emotions. So do your you emotions. Funny faces. Yeah. So now in this next picture, you see a person who is stressed out, hmm. emotion eating, stress eating. You know, if you eat like that, you're eventually going to feel like that person looks in the mirror. Mm. Not so good. Really, it's important to understand, you know, that this emotional eating pattern is uh, is a big deal. But, you know, when you think about this concept of a big deal, we don't have to live like that. So hormones are really an interconnected network. And here are some important hormones that we're going to talk about over the next several weeks. Estrogen, cortisol, progesterone, insulin, testosterone, leptin, Thyroid DHEA, known as dehydroepiandrosterone, or dehydroepiandrosterone, depending on which one of the variations you look at. The bottom line is these hormones, we're going to spend some time talking with these things over the next several weeks. And it's a big deal because if these hormones are not produced, your emails don't work. If your emails don't work, your business doesn't work effectively, and the communication goes for naught. And when that happens, when you can't communicate, we don't get messages delivered, and we have a dysfunctional mm. business. And yeah, that would mean equating to a diseased or a dis-ease body, and that's not what you want. So we got to make sure we get those hormones back in our system. And how do we do that? Remember we talked about the whole idea of cholesterol-forming hormones and mitochondria had to work. You know, if we don't have the nutrients there at the mitochondrial right. level, we can't make hormones. We can't. And we talked a lot about the last several weeks, we almost seemed like a broken record, talking about these things called inflammatory foods. What are those inflammatory foods? Oh, sugars, artificial sweeteners. That's uh, going to be aspartame. That uh, 
What's what's the pink packet in the uh, sucralose. Sucralose, yep. <laughs> and fried foods. MSG and other filler chemicals. You got to check the labels, turn the mm-hmm. labels over, read those labels. If you can't understand it, it's probably something your body can't understand either. Anything boxed or packaged processed foods, sodas, full of sugar or full of artificial sweeteners, yeah. uh, excess caffeine and alcohol. A cup of coffee is not the bad thing. Uh, an occasional sip of alcohol is not the bad thing. It's when that stuff becomes excess and the body leaches minerals and other nutrients to try to balance that excess breads and grains yeast corn soy these are inflammatory disease causing to everyone young and old all the time and they will stop the mitochondria from functioning therefore they will negatively affect hormone production now you see a list of the anti-inflammatory foods and this is a big deal because the anti-inflammatory foods is a very good consistent general rule will give you nutrients which the body can grab a hold of and deposit at the mitochondrial level and you can begin to make and do what you need to do keeping in mind too that mitochondria not only does it make hormones but we've talked over and over again about its necessity because it manufactures the very molecule of life called ATP. We have to have that to run all cell function. We don't have ATP, we're not going to live and we're not going to make hormones for sure. There's no reason to communicate when we have rigor mortis going in. So what are those, generally speaking, anti-inflammatory foods? Uh, High quality proteins. Those buzzwords are organic, grass-fed and finished, free range and wild caught. It's healthy oils and fats. Coconut oil, olive oil, avocado oil, nuts and seeds, uh, low glycemic fruits, which are berries, oranges, and apples, and then your low glycemic non-root, non-starchy veggies, which are all things above the ground. Gotta yeah. love that. Those are pretty much what they're anti-inflammatory. <laughs> they're aren't an- they? Yes, anti-inflammatory, non-disease causing to everyone, young and old, all mm-hmm. of the time. That's a big deal because <laughs> when I think about you know putting good foods in our bodies. And keeping the bad things out of our bodies. Super important to understand. You know, people ask all the time, well, where do I start? What do I do? You know, we've created a little bit of a 40-day reset plan for you. So you can go there right now at Sherwood.tv forward slash 40. And there's a whole inclusive all-inclusive 40-day reset plan, which includes a full detox for two weeks, which has within the packet, within the box, 28 shakes. It has about three different supplements, all parceled and packaged out for you. So that's going to take care of you for two weeks. Save a lot of groceries that way. You only, you're also going to give you a meal guide within those two weeks. It also has our anti-inflammatory food guide. And we've structured this out for you over 40 days, kind of what to do in each section. We're also going to give you some anti-inflammatory homeopathic drops, which will cause fat to come off, muscle to come on, and will help your adrenals. It'll help you with your cravings. We're going to give you our therapeutic dose of vitamin D with vitamin K in it. You've heard us talk a lot about that. And then a therapeutic dose of excellent essential omega-3 fatty acids Mm -hmm. that include EPA and DHA. That 40-day reset is a big, big deal because a lot of people say, well, I need to know what to do to get my my butt back in gear, basically. There you go. It's all-inclusive right there for you. Uh, and it's got it's loaded with everything you you could ever imagine, 
it does work 100% of the time and it'll get yourself back into a wonderful group. So there's a great turnkey approach, Sherwood.tv forward slash 40. We created it just for you. So there you go. Welcome back. For tonight's perspective, we're going to talk about a well-known subject that's really in the news today more than it's ever been, at least in my lifetime. I'm sure it's been in the news many, many times before, but with the age of social media and the way we're able to spread information around the world through television and really all media, it is shocking the amount of fear that's being broadcast. So tonight, we're going to focus on the idea of life, faith, and God versus fear and death. Two different polar opposites in the world. We know that there is such a thing as fear. And 366 times in the Bible, God tells us, fear not. Now, where does fear come from? Let's think through this. Fear comes from inside of us. Because fear has always been inside of us. I can prove it to you. Go back to Genesis chapter 3, when uh, Adam and Eve had the conversation, the infamous conversation with the devil, and the devil talked him into eating from the tree of, of, of life and death, or that good, that tree of good and evil that when we talked about. Don't eat from that, right? He got them to eat a bite, and they were able to see then that they were naked. In other words, they had a relationship that was perfect, but then it was severed because they disobeyed God. And sin or disobedience entered into the world. Had it not been for Adam and Eve allowing sin to enter in the world, Sin would have not entered the world because that obviously God put him there. But when you think about this, where did fear come from? Because we know that fear was not mentioned at all until late Genesis, late in Genesis chapter three, when God said, Oh, Adam, oh, Adam, where are you? Well, Adam replies, I hid and I was running away or hiding from you because I was afraid. That word afraid was in Adam. He said, I was, or I have, I am in fear. I'm afraid. So where does fear come from? Did did the devil deposit fear in him? Or did Adam just have it in him? Hold on a minute. Adam had it in him because fear is always inside of mankind. That's why God says, fear not. He tells us as human beings to fear not. He doesn't say for us to stay away from the devil because he is fear. He tells us to fear not. And that's very important to understand, folks, because many times our fear is created right between our ears. Yes, many times it can be real. You could be in fear of your life. But the majority of the time, it's false evidence appearing real, that acronym F E A R. So fear, really, if you want to get right down to it, is also made by God, giving us the opportunity to choose faith and life over fear and death. You see, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to bring fear, and he comes to take credit for the fear that we put into our life by what we generate in our head. But he doesn't make fear. We make fear. He takes credit for it. But Jesus came that we might have life and life more abundantly. He overcame the world. So if he overcame the world, so can we. But this whole battle between faith and fear, faith and fear goes on. I remind you that upon that in which we focus, you will dwell. And upon that which you dwell will indwell you. In other words, what you focus on the most will become what you live the most, and what you talk about the most, and what you become the most, and it will become your own prophetic world. 
When you focus on death, when you focus on illness, when you focus on poverty, when you focus on fear, that will fill your mind. We're going to talk about filling your mind later on tonight, but the bottom line is there's two scriptures I want to bring up in this perspective section. One is found in Job. Now, everybody understands Job's calamity. He was a rich man, had it all going on, and then calamity struck him, had it all taken away, and then it was finally restored. But there's a scripture in Job chapter 3, verse 25 and 26, that I really want you to catch. It's really significant that you catch this tonight, because this is something that we have got to grasp, because we must not ponder on fear. Listen, what I feared has come upon me. And this is found in Job Chapter 3, again, verse 25 and 26. What I feared the most has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, but only turmoil. What was he pondering on? Was he pondering on losing it all in poverty? Was he pondering on death? Was he pondering on illness? He had illness and he had poverty and he had uh, thoughts of wishing he was die. Friends, we got to stop pondering on death. We got to start po- stop pondering on illness and stop pondering. I'm just going to tell you straight up: stop pondering on coronavirus. We got to stop it. Stop pondering on what the government's going to do or not going to do. Stop pondering on uh, what any president's going to do or anything like that. What just we're pondering on the wrong things. And what you ponder on, on the most, what you dwell on the most, will begin to indwell you. Think about that. We see this again in Joshua 24:15. Clearly, there's a choice here. Joshua 24:15. And if it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers, the gods your fathers served who were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There's three different gods here that are actually in this multiple choice that Joshua says. One is the gods on the other side of the flood. And we're talking about the gods of, of the world like that. And then there's the gods of the Amorites, the gods where the lands that they live, where, the, where God pushed them out ahead of them as they entered the promised land. And then there's God. The first two were little G, the third one's big G. So, He's given us a multiple choice, but I would submit there's more than three choices in today's world. Many of us have begun to worship the God of COVID, the God of coronavirus, the God of confusion, the God of controversy, the God of conspiracy. There's a little G's. We need to worship and think about and focus on the God who saves, the God who loves, the God who gives grace, the God who tells us that his kingdom will stand, the God who tells us that we're not going to die, we'll always live, that we have assurance to know that whatever happens to us, we're going to be all right. The God who tells us that when you're put before kings and rulers and you're chastised and criticized and falsely accused, do not be worried about what you're going to say because he's going to give it to you. He tells us to count it all joy if you're persecuted and suffer as he did. He tells us to overcome the world because he did. It's the God who says that you are going to do everything that my son did on this earth and more. It's the God who says, I'm going to shine through you in the middle of the darkness. See, that's the God we need to be talking about. We don't need to be talking about these little gods. Are they out there? Yes. But just like the gods of the Amorites, the gods of uh, the people on the other side of the flood, as Joshua talks about, just like that, God will drive out those gods, drive out those things, drive out those people, drive out those enemies from the land in which you're supposed to possess. 
Friends, we can live in the promised land, but our promised land's got to be created on this earth right now. And Jesus says in Matthew 6, thy kingdom come and will be done. That means we can have some kingdom principles right on this earth. So we don't need to be focused on fear. We need to be focused on faith and love. No fear, all faith. If we focus on fear, it will fill us up. If we focus on faith, we'll be filled up. There's a whole difference in that. And we're going to talk about all of that and how to live a kingdom life when we get back. I hope you've enjoyed this perspective. So here we are again to hope and health. And we were just talking about in the perspective, this idea of what to focus on, you know, faith or fear and, and all this anxiety in the world. And it's a big deal because we, we talk a lot about this kingdom life. You know, what is that? And, and what does that look like? And how do you do that? You know, how do you live differently? How do you live in the world and not become of the world? Because we don't want to. Mm-hmm. We don't want to minimize that. We need to be different. We're not called to be out of the world right now. We're called to be right here in the world to make a difference. This is our mission, and we. this is our profession. This is when you say, I'm professional in my faith. It's my mission. My mission is carrying a message. Our mission is carrying a message from the kingdom of of heaven to this world to be a kingdom of light, at least around us. We're going to bring light around us. So with that said, we're going to jump into one of my favorite scriptures tonight, Romans 12, 1 and 2. In this scripture, we talk about this idea of a living sacrifice. Uh, That's a big deal. It's a big deal. You know, and what does that really mean? Well, like a living sacrifice is the idea of we look back at the Old Testament times, you know, the sacrifice was uh, something that was placed on the altar. It was something that was typically dead. You know, they, they'd burn it up or whatever. They'd kill it and, and sacrifice as an atonement for their sins or atonement for misdeeds or whatever. Um, living sacrifice is different than a dead sacrifice. So we're to offer ourselves, ourselves as a living sacrifice. What in the heck does that mean? It means we're supposed to build a step stool, literally, up to the altar that has fire going and it's really hot and it will burn you and we're supposed to build that step stool up there and step off the step stool onto the altar while it's hot and stay there and even though our little tootsies are going ouch 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 want to jump up jump off we need to stay there anyway because where the pain comes like that that's when we're being purified that's when we're burning off the dross or the stuff that doesn't need to come away and didn't need to stay with us. So we're being we're being sanctified by that heat, by that pressure of life. Is it hot? Yes, but can you stand the heat? This is where it takes courage to offer yourself as a living sacrifice, not as a dead, unconscious, unaware sacrifice. Why is that important? Because you can jump off that altar at any time. You can. You can you, jump you sure right can. off. You know like, that if, right if you can jump right off, you you become you, you might not get burned. It might not be hard, but you're never going to become what you're supposed to be, right? So living sacrifice means to give up all. Mm. You know, it might hurt a little bit, oh right? Big deal. So read the scriptures now in, in Romans, 12, Romans 12, 1 and 2. This is really cool. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Ooh, that's a big one. Mm. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. There's eight questions 
that we came up on this, what people would say, what does all that mean? And I want you to ask those questions one at a time, and we're going to go through these things because mm, okay. I think you'll ask yourself or have asked yourself the same question. So what's the first question? Should we offer our bodies? Yes. Hmm. That means everything we are and everything we, we uh, will be with these physical bodies, these are the temple of God. We are meant to offer these things as sacrifice. Just like my body is not my own. It actually belongs to God, but it also belongs to my wife. So a big deal when you think about that is we're supposed to offer all of our bodies. And that means our mind, if you want to call that part of your body, your emotions, you want to call that, and everything in you, the flesh and blood, we're supposed to offer all of it as a living sacrifice. Not some of it, all of it. And get this. We're not supposed to go 80-20 on the mm. altar. We're not supposed to give 90% of our bodies to that altar. We're supposed to go all in. So I don't buy this nonsense mumbo-jumbo of just being halfway in. Well, I like to exercise. I like to do things in moderation. I'm just kind of, you know, it's okay to cheat once in a while. No, it's not. It's not okay. That's not, a, I mean, you might, you might choose to do that. This is not condemnation 101, but it's a mindset. If you choose to do that, you're not compromised. You're making a choice. But if we accept compromise as a norm, we're not presenting our whole bodies as living sacrifice. Next question. Should we, uh, what's this thing about true worship? Well, if we're to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice and God says that's your, uh, that's what he calls true worship. I want to understand what does he mean by non-true worship or false worship. It might mean not offering your bodies mm-hmm. as a living sacrifice. So false worship might be like, well, you know, I'm going to give you Sunday for 30 minutes and 45 minutes. The rest of the week, that's mine. Mm-hmm. That's my time. God, you get your little minimum time. I get my time. Remember, God is not one to forgive 80% of our sins or 90% of our sins. He forgives a hundred. He expects us to give all of our lives back to him a hundred percent, which is our true act of worship according to God. Next question. What about conform? Well, tell tell me about that. Conforming means to um, be changed in form or, or mutated in form to look more like what the world you're in. In this, Mm -hmm. in this context, it means to, to look like and act like the world. So we're not supposed to conform to the ways of the world. So what does that mean? It means we don't look like and don't act like. Again, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Now, I'm not saying you, you, you don't dress modern, you look like a goofball when you're out like that. I'm saying, you know, that we're not to mimic or become like the patterns of this world. The way we do things has got to be different. The way we think about things has got to be different. The way we speak our perceptions, our values, our ethics, our morals, our our very actions have got to be different. And they've got to be so different that people that are in the world are like, oh my goodness, what is up with them? What, what, why are the people of the world looking at Christians like, you guys are so different. And why would they want anything that you have if it wasn't different? That's why we don't want to conform to the world. What about the pattern of this world? Well, the pattern of this world is clear. The pattern of this world is all messed up. It's messed up in the sense that uh, we know we're going the wrong direction. What was once um, acceptable as high moral uh, character and value is now looked at as discrimination. What was once looked at as low moral value, despicable behavior, is now looked at as normal. You need to accept that. It is The patterns of this world have flip-flopped. We used to live in a country... 
that was living with leadership as one nation under God. There was still prayer in schools. There was still prayer in government. But now we're not there anymore. And I'm, I'm sorry to, mis- to inform you this. I don't think we're going back. But it's okay because less like this world doesn't depend on the United States government. The world depends on us as Christians to stand up because we're the real church. We're the real body. We're the real country the real kingdom, a land that is not from this world. So we need to live like that and not live according to this pattern at all. What about, tell me about transformation or being transformed. Our transformation process is kind of the opposite of confirmation. So we need to begin to be transformed more into our kingdom's um, likeness, the likeness of Jesus every day. We become looking more and more and more like him in our very life and less like the world. And that's just something that happens through sanctification experience and experience and knowledge become wisdom. And we learn and learn and learn. So we need to be growing in that. And the transformation process is not to look more like the world, but to look more like the kingdom. That's the Mm -hmm. point. What about renewing the mind? Well, I like the concept of renew. That means to redo. It means to reboot. It means to refocus. The mind is like a funnel. And I want you to think about a funnel at the top being all open. and At the bottom, it's open too, but it's a smaller uh, smaller leakage. It's a, it's a sifting system, if you will. But the top is big and wide, so it can have handle a lot of stuff. And it wants to be open to have a complete filling. And your mind is always going to be full of something. Promise you that. Whatever you put in it, whatever you ponder on, whatever you think mm. about, whatever you look yeah. at, see, etc., that will fill your mind up. If you don't do that, I promise you there's plenty of stuff out there that will fill it up. And this is where if you're in the world and not of the world, you have to fill yourself up, fill your mind up with other world things so that the world that you live in will not take up that space because what fills your mind will fill your body. What fills your body will fill your heart. And what fills your heart, you will begin to see your actions fulfilled from that. And tell me about then. And then you will be able to set and approve what God's will is. Well, once your mind's renewed, you're able to think and understand and perceive and view things like God does. You can't see his will. You can't see what he wishes until you've done that. So this is a prerequisite, if you will, to really understand what God wants. I like the words, if then. If you'll do this, then. If you don't do this, then. So this is an if-then statement. If you'll fill your mind up every day and renew it, then you will be able to see what God's will is. And what is God's will? Well, God's will is the heart of God. And keep in mind, though it seems a little complex, God's will, will. It always will. And the bottom line is, we need to learn more to discern things like God discerns things and see things like God sees things. There's a difference many times between our will and God's will. But the key is, is to understand His will and that our will will be transformed into His will and then by Oh, by the nature of the things, we'll be, begin to see things and do things based upon a kingdom point of views. It's a big deal to really understand God's will. Our, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, and, and His ways are higher than our ways. And frankly, no man can comprehend or woman can comprehend God's depth in His knowledge and wisdom. But we can get pretty darn close if we just want to, if we put some effort into it, and we can live like that. And we need to understand like that, because in the current times that we live in, there's a lot of things that I want to see happen, but I'm just not sure they're God's will. But all I know is God's will will. Let that be a peaceful thing. 
God's will will. And when you go through all this progression, offer your bodies as living sacrifices because that's your true uh, worship according to God's view. And you're not going to conform this world to the patterns of this world. You're going to be transformed in the kingdom uh, viewpoint, kingdom mindset. You're going to renew your mind every day so you can see what God's will is. Then you don't worry. You don't get hung up on the things of this world because you always realize that whatever happens, God already knew. God already knew. Nothing surprises him. God wasn't surprised by the coronavirus or the pandemic or the Delta variant or the Lambda variant. Whatever's coming up doesn't matter. God's not surprised by any of that. God's not surprised that President Trump is not President Trump of the United States right now. God is not surprised that President Biden's the President of the United States. He knew this. Folks, don't be naive to this. He knew it. Is it what I want sometimes? It doesn't really matter, but I have my opinions. You have yours, and we all have our wants. I think we know what we want, but nonetheless, we have to trust God's will. And we need to know God's will. We need to seek God's will. And now we know how to do it, living that kingdom life. Pretty cool, huh? It's awesome. I hope you guys have enjoyed our our show tonight. We have, and uh, the bottom line is we hope that you have the ultimate hope and the optimum health. So you can experience all of God and all He has for you. Because He who began a good work in you is faithful and true to complete that good work. I read that somewhere one time. Listen, we love you. We'll look forward to seeing you next week on Hope and Health. Bye Bye for for now. now. Doctors Mark and Michelle Sherwood and their clinic can help you find the hope and health you were created to enjoy. Go to Sherwood.tv for clear, proven ways you can be healthier. Subscribe at Sherwood.tv.